You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin, the great state of Wisconsin. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775. We... Uh, are going to talk about a couple different things today, including the non-selection of anyone in the supplemental draft to the Packers. I know that there was a two or three day frenzy for fans to get excited about adding a talented safety. And and I contributed to that. Uh, I don't apologize for that. I mean, I think I was, I was providing information that was desired. Uh, at least I hope that's the case. Um, I do. I, I want to bring this up because I, I thought it was cool and and it sets a standard now. And and uh, there may be other people who are wondering. So I got a I got a text on the Locked On Packers fan hotline from Case Beckman, and he wanted me to do the intro to his fantasy football team. Well, the league, you know, the draft. He played at the draft while everyone's doing the draft. And I said, yeah, sure. Um, Make a donation to charity, twenty-five bucks. That's all I said. Twenty-five bucks. I don't. You didn't have to. I'm not going to ask you to pay me, but I'm also not going to do it for free. So give some money to charity, and I'll do it. Tell me what you want me to say, and I'll say it. So the the gauntlet has been thrown, the standard has been set. So if you want me to do something like this, I'm happy to do it. More than happy. I'm not going to fly to your fantasy football league and and do it like this is. The league on FX, if you ever watched that show when like JJ Watt came to their fantasy football draft. But if you want me to record something for someone, I'm happy to do it. But, you know, Case gave to the ASPCA. That's awesome. Uh, that's This is what we're asking for. This is what I am asking for. So um, if, you, if you want something, let me know. Twitter DMs, Locked on Packers fan hotline, whatever it is. Uh, you can you can hit up at Locked On Packers on Twitter. I'm happy to do it, but this is this is the standard for it now. Just I'm just I'm just saying it. I'm just throwing it out there so everyone knows. Uh, and that's that. I'm excited to do it. It's a it's a cool thing to be asked to do. I'm uh, aghast that someone would want me to do it, but hey, look, I, I'm, I'm flattered. I'm I'm happy and excited to be able to do it. As far as the show today. Um, I got a really interesting question on the Locked on Packers fan hotline that we're going to talk about a little bit later. Um, but I do want to spend a little bit of time first on the safety position because, you know, we had Natrell Jamerson on the show earlier this week. And then yesterday we spent, 
you know, a lot of time. We spent basically half the show uh, discussing whether or not the Packers would use a supplemental draft pick on Jalen Thompson, the safety from Washington State. And they didn't. So uh, that that left some Packer fans upset. Uh, I don't think there was enough time for a lot of fans to really get invested in the supplemental draft. I think a lot of people are, frankly, on vacation when it comes to the Packers and, and hopefully in real life. Uh, but, uh, you know, there there is, I think, a, a more interesting discussion broader in all of this. That is the safety position because clearly they had interest in Jalen Thompson, or at least reportedly they had interest in Jalen Thompson. And I think there are questions that we need answered about Josh Jones' status. I don't see any reason why Green Bay would move on, why they would acquiesce to his request. He's under contract and for two more years. Why would they move him? Either play your way onto the field or that's it. That's the option. That is your option. So play really well and and see if you can make this team and, and have a role. And I think that is, you know, we, we, we go back to last year and Brian Gutekinds does nothing at the safety position of substance. You know, Raven Green doesn't count. They said we have faith in our young guys. And they eschewed options that were out there. Kenny Vaccaro was out there. Trey Boston was out there. They didn't draft Derwin James. We're not going to rehash that right now. So, but... I think the the more pertinent question is how big a need do they still view that position? So they go out and they sign Adrian Amos. They go out and they trade up to draft Darnell Savage as the first safety off the board. Okay, they've got two starters. They they brought in Natrell Jamerson last year. He's on this squad. Raven Green is back. Josh Jones still technically on this roster. If that's the whole safety room, I think that's a pretty good room. I mean, I really do. Now, or at least it's a very talented room, and it's a versatile room. So from that standpoint, you say, okay, well, then I understand why they wouldn't want to give up draft picks to get a safety who's probably not going to play or who they would at least prefer not to play. And then we, we had the resurfacing of the calls to bring in Trey Boston. And, you know, I guess those of, those of you out there, you know, there are, there are people in the media who feel this way. There are people, there are fans who feel this way. The Packers, in a situation last offseason where they had a dire safety situation, decided they didn't need Trey Boston. And in a situation now where they have a first-round draft pick, a big-time free agent, a a second-round draft pick, albeit disgruntled, and two nice young developmental players, what would really change in the mind of Brian Gutekunst to make him say, yeah, I want to take this flyer. I want to... I want to you know, think differently than I did last offseason. It doesn't make any sense. And when you go back through the annals of the front office, at least in the Ted Thompson era, and even, you know, the, the, the brief glimpse into the Brian Gutekunst era that we have, 
they don't bring in veteran players to be backups. Not not legit established starter quality veterans. You know, Latroy Guyon was a free agent. He came in and he he played. You know, they they brought in Quentin Dial because they needed a rotational defensive lineman. They needed someone to come in and legitimately play. But you know, signing Trey Boston, I I don't think their intention would be for him to start. Because if that would if that were their intention, they would have signed him three months ago. They didn't. Clearly, they think Darnell Savage is a better option. So what really has changed in in the few months that have gone by where they didn't sign someone like Trey Boston? And there are other options out there. There are trade options out there. The Packers last year said, we're good with our young guys. This year, they have starters and young guys, and they're in a much better position at safety. So why? Why would it why would it change? Why would Trey Boston all of a sudden be on their radar? It just it is a pipe dream that I that I really frankly wish uh fans and and those in the media who are standing and caping for Trey Boston would really just retire because it's just not going to happen. Unless there's an injury, it's just not going to happen. And and there's a reason why he's still unsigned. If he were really this the field tilter and the Packers are, are making this huge mistake, why is it the case that two years in a row, you know, in mid-July, he doesn't have a team? It's not like the whole league is missing out on some sort of Pro Bowl-level player. It's just not the case. So, you know, I understand the apprehension, we'll call it, at the safety position. Because the Packers haven't been solidified there in years. For the first time in a long time, though, they have starters. They have a backup with pedigree, albeit a disgruntled one. And they have at least two developmental players, young players, behind them. And you heard Natral Jamerson. I said, why can't you play the, the Jermaine Whitehead role? His response, and now I'm quoting, ain't no reason. Ain't no reason he can't play that role. And it's true. He was drafted to be a corner. Played cornerback in New Orleans. Played some corner in Houston. Played some corner last year. They decided he's a safety. I think they signed him to be a safety, but they needed him to play corner last year. He can play that nickel corner with the safety hybrid, that Jermaine Whitehead role. Play in the box, play deep, play in the slot. He can do that. Can he do it at a high level? We don't know. He has to get the opportunity first. And Raven Green, you know, look, I don't don't know what Raven Green is. He, He did some great things in preseason. He had that nice game against Miami and then got hurt. So, and he he is yoked up. We know that. I mean, he looked swole in OTAs. Swole. Especially in his upper body. So, you know, we're going to see. I I don't think there should be any sort of panic. There should be any sort of consternation over, you know, the lack of moves at the safety position this offseason. There are plenty of things that should bring you consternation and a lack of performance in the bedroom. Certainly one of those things. And that's why BlueChew.com 
is out there. That's why they exist. They have you covered. They bring you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this is not just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guys who want a little extra function in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Go to BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free with our special promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code Locked On to try it free. So I got this really interesting question on Twitter from Jacob Martinez. He says, hi, Peter, big fan of the podcast. Are there college players positions, players or positions, but he used the slash, whose game is more suited for the NFL than college? You hear it all the time with NBA prospects. RJ Barrett comes to mind where he'll be more, he'll be better with more space in the NBA. More of a general question, but also thinking about Rashawn Gary. Thanks. So, this is, I love this question because it really made me think hard about the game, about, about the differences between the college game and the NFL game. And so what Jacob is getting at, for those of you who are not huge basketball fans, the college game tends to be very compressed. They can play true zones. And so the, the space on the floor is generally not as good. And so there are college players and, and, there are a lot of college teams who play more traditionally with with multiple big men, fewer skilled guys on the court. So, you know, someone who needs space to operate may not look as good. This is the R.J. Barrett case. If Duke had more shooters, if Zion could shoot, the lane would be more open and his ability to drive and get to the rim and finish would be a bigger boon for him in the NBA than it was in college because there's more space in the NBA. So who are the guys who are the kinds of players who are the positions that benefit from moving from a college game to a more NFL game? Now, I think there's a couple key things here. So when you look at the college game, everything is spread out. And those hybrid linebacker safety types, the guys who can move, who can cover in space and can and can play a little bit of everywhere. Every NFL team is looking for them. Well, because the, the college offenses are so spread out and the hash marks play a huge role in, in the spacing on the field, uh, the ability to, to play to the short side of the field or the wide side of the field, as, as is usually the case, it is harder to be really good there. In the NFL, where they play a little bit more traditionally and the hash marks are closer together and there's less space, those kinds of players can really shine because you're, you're having to cover so much more ground. If, you're, if you play linebacker in the Big 12, if you're Curtis Bolton, who's on the Packers roster and who I've talked a little bit about on this show, how are you supposed to succeed in the Big 12? You are a small safety linebacker hybrid who can cover, but you're facing Oklahoma State, who's going to play with four and five guys spread out, 
and who is going to fire the ball out there. How are you going to be an impact player? And you're facing, you know, and then you're and then you have to face Texas, who, you know, when they're play when they're playing downhill, you're 6'2, 220, or 6'1, 220. How are you going to play that power game? How are you going to how are you going to balance that? It's tough. In the NFL, you've got big dudes up front who are going to make life a little bit easier for you theoretically. Now, certainly someone like Bolton, his size is a hindrance for him in the NFL because he's going to have to play more traditionally. He's going to have to defend the run more in power sets. He's going to have more lead plays where he's going to have to blow up a fullback or a tight end in the hole. So, you know, I I think when you look at the differences between the college game and the pro game, and you say, okay, whose game is better suited actually for the NFL game? I, I think you can also look at some quarterbacks who, you know, are not are not built for the spread, who are not built to run some of the zone read stuff. Not every quarterback is, and that's okay. Uh, and, and some some players are are tasked with playing in an offense because that's the offense that they're just not comfortable in, that, that, that it just doesn't cater to their skills. So you can also look at this the other way. Are there players and positions that are more likely to go the other way? And offensive line is a big one. That's why right now it is so hard. It is so hard to find good young offensive linemen out of school because in college... You have advantages, again, with the hash marks, so your splits can be different. I mean, there's a lot of nuance in this. The ball is is coming out, so they don't have to pass protect as long. They're not doing some of the power run game that is you know, part and parcel of the NFL run structure for a lot of teams. They have to learn that stuff, and that takes time. That is an adjustment period that you have to have from the college game to the program. And that's true at at plenty of positions. But offensive line is one that really sticks out right now. It is very hard to find college offensive linemen who are ready to go right away. On the flip side, it is much easier now to find receivers and cornerbacks more than ever. Corner used to be a position as a rookie. Just throw it out. Throw out the rookie season. And I still think we overvalue rookie years for, for corners. But they come in more ready to play because they have to be. Because they've seen zone reads. They've, they've had to play more man coverage because a lot of college teams have gone to man coverage to combat a lot of the things that, that college offenses are trying to do. Same thing with receivers. They're making adjustments on the fly. They're making reads on routes. They're reading defenses pre-snap to say, okay, I know that I have, I have this call but I see that this cornerback is playing me this kind of way, so I have to go this way. I have to do this thing. I have to run this route. And the quarterback knows that if the blitz is coming, I'm hot this way. The the added complexity of college offenses has made it easier for skill positions to come into the the, the league and, and thrive. It's made it easier for corners who have to do that defending to come in and, and be better early. Josh Jackson didn't get to do that. He played zone at Iowa. So he's learning how to play man coverage. This question related to Rashawn Gary. You know, if he had been playing in the SEC, 
does his college tape look the same because he or the or the Big 12 if he played at Texas and he's got to go against Iowa State and Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and TCU and these spread teams who are not going to play any kind of power football then maybe he doesn't have the same responsibilities in fact in all likelihood he doesn't have the same responsibilities and he gets many more opportunities to rush the passer now at the same time that matters you know rep- reps are important the the Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours theory applies to college football you know you look at you know this was something that I brought up with Andre Dillard the Washington state offense all they did was throw the ball so he has a tremendous advantage experientially in pass sets because he pass blocked a ton at Washington State. It's basically all he did. And I got a lot of Packer fans that were like, well, he doesn't run block. It's like, I don't, I don't care. You can learn to run block. Pass blocking is the hard thing. Pass blocking is the important thing. So for Sean Gary plays at Texas, he probably gets a lot more opportunities to rush the passer and his, his pass rush um, game. His toolbox is probably much more full. It's not because he didn't have to. So while it is the case that the NFL should be more advantageous to his game because he's going to get more one-on-one opportunities, he's going to get more chances to just go get the quarterback versus rather you know, trying to have to play the run and, and worrying about a, an offensive tackle and a tight end double teaming him. Not that that won't happen. It's just not going to happen every play. And someone like Rashawn Gary, who was a number one overall prospect, you know, he was he was the hunted in college. Everyone knew about him. In the pros, he's just another guy. So he's going to have the opportunity to go and say, you need to worry about me. If you want to single block me? Here's what I can do. And, you know, we have to, we have to see what that looks like. But that's an opportunity he's going to get. So... You know, I, I think the question about Rashawn Gary in particular is a good one because he his responsibilities are going to be different. And it is true that if he if he played at a different conference, if he plays at USC in the Pac-12, and he's got to go try and chase down you know Justin Herbert and you know last year Gardner Minshew at Washington State and and all these guys, his his body of work looks different. It has to be. So in some ways, you know, he he hurt himself going to Michigan because of the the, the division and the league that he plays in. You got to go play Wisconsin, and they're gonna they're gonna run forty times a game. You're not gonna have a lot of opportunities to go pin your ears back. And you know, Michigan is the same way, and and plenty of the teams in the Big Ten are like that. It is not an arid out league. So, you know, look, Jacob, I love your question. Thank you for asking it. Um, I, it could be a book, frankly. I think those are the big ones that stand out to me. I think there are, there are ways in which you could look at players at any position and, and there are parts of every position that are like this. And then there are parts and certain types of players who are the reverse at every position. But that, that's, that I think is, is the heart of what you're asking. And, you know, I, I think the NFL is going to be good for Rashawn Gary because he's going to get more opportunities and he needs those reps. He needs those training camp reps. He needs those preseason reps to get better. If we believe in the Malcolm Gladwell theory, and I do, then he needs those reps to get better 
And hopefully the Packers are able to give that to him so he is in the best opportunity, the best position to succeed. All right, we're going to be back next week. My interview with Jewel Davis is going to be on the show next week as well. Uh, a receiver trying to make the team and someone who has return skills. And I wrote about it for Acme Packing Company yesterday. And we put out our projections today. Jewel Davis not on the, the projected 53. He's going to have to fight. He's going to have to return a punt for a touchdown. He is going to have to make some plays in the passing game if he wants to make the team. And... You know, look, I'm 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 rooting for him. I'm rooting for everybody, frankly. You know, I always want to see these guys succeed. You never, unless someone is a bad dude, you don't want to see them fail. But uh, he is someone that that you know. I, I think you have to like the potential there as a return man, and you hope that that he shows enough as a receiver to, to stick. You know, that would be a really a really cool story for him, and obviously a boon for the Packers who have needed a return man, frankly. Uh, for a really long time. Uh, you can follow the, the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can follow me on Twitter also at Locked on Packers. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Uh, we have been having some issues. Uh, Google Play has actually been having some issues with the show. Um, it Of the Google platforms, Google Podcasts is the preferable platform. Uh, it is it is better in almost every way. So if you're using Google Play, I would suggest making the switch to Google Podcasts. Uh, it's going to be a better experience for you, and it's going to be a better, better experience for us, frankly. So uh, do that. Uh, you can also, anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, uh, you can do that. We're going to take your questions next week. Uh, and, uh, you know, anytime I get a good question like Jacob's, we're going to talk about it because I want to talk about it. And, and that was really fun. That was a really interesting question. I hope you found it interesting. So hit me up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775 to always stay Locked on Packers.